Hi, I'm Kathy. Hey, I'm Millie. And we're Total Creepsters. And yeah. you're listening to A Paranormal Chicks. Yeah. Creep the wheel and don't get scared. And shout out to Becky if you're listening, girl. I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 139. And you just heard Kathy and Millie. <laughs> so cute. And you know. Shout out to Becky. With good hair. <laughs> okay. And that and that's that is a thing five years ago. Can you believe I quoted that? No, because you hate Beyonce. Don't come at me. Come at her, Beehive or Bayhive, whatever y'all are. Come at her. Stingers out. <laughs> <laughs> You sounded like like any nineties football movie. <laughs> well, they did a kick ass job on that intro. They really did. And if you want to do an intro to an sinister sightings, you know the drill. If you listen to, you know, more than one of these, head on over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast. Millie's giving your nephew and your niece a run for their money for the creepster intros. Okay, so my nephew actually that he was here this weekend and he said, Um, do you do a, a podcast for Christmas? Because he wanted to do another <laughs> intro. It was so cute. I was like, no, we don't. And he was like, why? I was like, God, you just want me to work all the damn time. <laughs> okay, the first one. True crime story from the heart of Europe. Hey, Donna and Carrie, sorry for any mistakes in my email. English is not my first language. I thought you might be curious about true crime stories in my home country. I'm Carolina from the Czech Republic, country in the center of Europe. We like to call it heart of Europe. Just to be clear, we're not Czechoslovakia anymore since 1993. There is no war since 1995, and we don't live on trees covering our private parts with mud and leaves. (laughs) No, actually, we have iPhones, Netflix, and elevators as you do. Uh, it's okay. People think that we still have outhouses. Well, we do have outhouses, but they think that people don't have like running water in the South in Mississippi. True. That's true. So totally understand like people's misperceptions. I am way too lazy for that. Mm-mm. It's too hot. Too hot, too cold, too anything. Too many mosquitoes. We're famous for our sarcastic sense of humor, which helped our nation survive centuries of unlucky history. Well, still, we have killers and creepy people here, too. I know many stories, but I picked this weird one. Let me know if you want more. I already know we do. This happened May of 2007. A guy was home installing a baby monitor for his newborn child. He accidentally connected to a monitor at his neighbor's, but he thought this must be a movie because what he saw on the camera shocked him. Oh, God. Okay, this uh, content warning here, it involves a kid. He saw a small boy naked and tied up on the floor of a dark room. He called police. The mother was immediately under investigation and her two sons, eight and nine, and adopted daughter, Anna, who was 13, were moved temporarily to a child center. Shortly after that, Anna escaped. The story only begins here. She was later found in Norway where she pretended to be a boy in foster care. She was actually a 30-year-old woman who just pretended to be a child for whatever reason. 
Police uncovered an organized group of approximately 20 people who tortured these two boys and made child pornography with them. Part of the group were family members of the kids. It's still not clear what was their motivation. They acted like a religious cult. The brothers are now adults and try to live a normal life. Their mother and the others went to jail but have been released by now. I'm speechless now. Stay safe, ladies. Carolina. That reminds me of that movie Orphan. Never saw it, but I feel like that was an episode of uh, SVU, too. Probably. It's all probably from this. This actual story? Yeah. Yeah, Ripped from the headlines? Girl, you ripped it from my mouth. (laughs) Man, that's like... I mean, like, I wonder if it's, like, to get free services. You know, like, you don't have to do anything. Like, you're like a foster kid. You get to just, like, hang out, you know, all day. And not you don't get to hang out. You got to do kid stuff. But you know what I mean? Like, you don't have to be an adult and get a job and all the things. Or if it's, like, really, truly something psychological. Yeah, I think that. And, like, how did she get into the system? But also, was she in on the torture and everything of that kid i don't know i hope not i don't know that's just that is heartbreaking and that their families were involved and like how long would it have gone on had that guy not accidentally randomly tapped into their monitor right like i legitimately saw that story going a whole different way i thought he like became a stalker because he saw something and like never unhooked it that did not that went a whole different way oh my gosh heartbreaking but yes send in all of your stories all right next one hey guys my name is sarah i'm from rainy washington state I've been listening to your podcast for a while now, and I've become a big fan. I've been wanting to write in about my personal experience with the paranormal. It's not sinister, though, I will say. Back in 2018, I got a call from my aunt in California telling me that my mom had a stroke. She lived with my aunt and grandma at the time. My aunt told me that she would only have 24 hours left to live. I gathered everything as fast as I could and called my uncle and brother, We got on a plane, headed to Sacramento immediately. Luckily, we made it before my mom had passed. I sat with her while they pulled her off of life support. This was the hardest thing I feel I've ever had to do in my entire life. Fast forward to about a month later, I'm back home in Washington. I've been going insane with grief and just trying to make it through. My mom's favorite band is Fleetwood Mac. Every time I would attempt to listen to old songs we would jam out to, I would burst into tears and have to turn it off every time. One night, I was driving home from work. I decided I would try to listen to Fleetwood Mac again. This time was different. Instead of bursting into sad tears, I was overcome with the strongest feeling of pure peace and love. As I was driving down the freeway, belting the lyrics to Gypsy, one of my mom's favorites, I was crying the happiest tears I've ever cried in my life. To this day, I 100% believe she had come to me to comfort me and sing with me one last time and let me know that everything would be okay. Thanks for reading this. Keep up the good work. I love listening to y'all, especially on slow days at work. Have a great week, Sarah. That is such a sweet wholesome moment yes for sure i never really loved fleetwood mac until you know what i tell you did it american horror story it sure shit did i know me too and then tiktok (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. i mean i just had a whole you know what i think it is though is i'm finally old enough to understand it same and i am completely there with you about your mom and having to make that decision and everything and that is very very tough 
And I hope you are doing okay with your grief now. Grief is a funny thing. Like funny in like the worst possible way. It really just hits you at this, the dumbest moments. Yeah. Where you're like, why am I so sad right this moment? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The next one is called short ghost story. Question mark, question mark, question mark. Oh, already intrigued. Hey ladies, I just remembered this and I'm not sure if it was paranormal, but it really comforted me at the time. I was having a bath and the hallway was dark and my cats kept looking into the hallway and I felt creeped out like I was being watched. I remembered a medium I saw who told me that my grandpa was always with me. So I thought of him and I immediately got a picture of my grandpa who passed away a few years ago sitting sentinel on my front steps. In my mind, he was younger with his rifle that he taught other soldiers to shoot in World War II. I immediately felt better and I didn't feel like I was being watched. I wonder if this was paranormal only because I don't usually have such clear mental pictures. Whether it was paranormal or just my vivid imagination, anytime I feel a bit wary or scared, I immediately think of Grampy and feel better. Anyway, thanks again for carrying me through this past year. It was one of the toughest years of my life, but it was brighter with y'all in my ear. Are we best friends now? Creep it real and close the door from ghosts peeping on you in the bathroom, Tawny. Tawny, we are BFFs. You know that you're in our uh, BFFness? I don't know what that was. Good one. Good one. You know, just ignore me. Okay. Well, I'm kicking Carrie to the curb. It's me and you forever. I think that is paranormal then. If you were getting vivid images and it made you feel comforted, I, I count it. Though you were in the bathtub, that is a very, very vulnerable place to be. When the paranormal is taking place. So like if you're in the bathtub and then mm. your cats are looking into the dark hallway. Mm-mm. You know what that reminds me of? Freddy Krueger. Mm. Even though he wasn't coming down the hallway, he was coming really between your legs. You know what I'm talking about that? Mm-mm. That's what she said. <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. Oh, mm-mm. Her bath always looked so good too. That, it like, really did. Why did he got to ruin that good bath? I know. I was just thinking about how bad I wanted a good bath because I was looking at this like 22 of the best things to buy on Amazon right now. And one of them was a pillow for your bathtub. And I was like, oh, but my bathtub is like old, like the old kind, not Mm -hmm. like old clawfoot, but like, you know, when people were thinner. Uh, So it's not (laughs) super comfortable to lay in. Yeah. So I was like, oh God, I want to go to Donna's bathtub. Donna's got this massive bathtub and I need that pillow and Donna's bathtub. I used to have a pillow when I could fit in said smaller tub at our old, old house when I was growing up. And we had this thing that we got from my mom, but she hated it. We thought we got her the best Christmas gift ever. Because my mom was very hard to shop for because she liked everything and also nothing at all. Like, she loved everything. Pigs. But she had like 8,000 pig stuff, okay? But she loved taking a bath, all right? So there was this Conair, this is back in the day, a Conair spa maker that you would like hook on the side of your tub and it would like make bubbles like side to side. Okay. And out, me and Kenneth, we were like, oh my God, it was like $20. I don't know. But way more than that. It probably was. But all I know is we pulled our money together and we were like, oh my God, she's going to love this. She hated it. Hated it. Because she's old school. She liked to have the hot water drip just a little bit to keep it warm. And that's all she wanted. So I got me a shell pillow because, you know, got to be extra. Can't just have a normal pillow. Was it blue? Yes. Casey had the same one. (laughs) And I would use that spa thing all the time. It was so good. I was like, 
Okay, I'm fancy. Okay, so back then, it may have actually been that cheap. But um, when I was little, little, like probably four, my parents had one of those. And like, it was a special, very special treat if we were allowed to use it. Oh. And one time they went to a party and my sister Kelly was watching Casey and me and she let us use it and Casey got her hair sucked in it. Oh gosh. And it's the only time I've ever used the word my sissy in my life, but I thought she was drowning and dying. (laughs) And so I was like, my sissy! (laughs) And we burnt it up. Oh fuck. We were in trouble. Oh, I bet. Because they were way expensive back then. So, I mean, I was like three or four. Yeah. No, I was probably 12. Yeah. Yeah. Probably 12. I don't know. Maybe 10. I love that thing. I think the Conair thing was blue, if I'm correct. It might have not been. Well, that took a whole different twist, but there you go. Things you never wanted to know about us, but here you go. Next one. Hey, friends. This is my second submission, and... Less of a sinister sighting and more of a special story. I've always been a very family-oriented person. Even when I had my first boyfriend in high school, who is now my husband, I was always down to hang out with my parents. They were my buddies. My dad in particular was the abbot to my Costello and totally got me. His particular brand of humor was completely my style, and we just clicked when we were together. It was magical. Him and I would bust each other's balls with quick-witted one-liners, and even in a large crowd or event, we were always in sync in that way we would read funny situations that were unfolding around us. All it took was a look in the other's direction and we would crack up knowing we were both thinking the exact same thing. We also watched home improvement shows together on HGTV. He would say, when I retire, you and I are going to flip houses. Moving away to New York City for college was tough. It was only a few hours from my home state of Rhode Island, but the distance is never easy when the connection with your family is so deep. Toward the middle of my junior year, I was really having a hard time with anxiety and I was constantly thinking about death and the concept of dying and losing family members. I would wake up from a sound sleep, sweating and panicking, overcome with the weight of the idea of myself or someone I love not existing anymore. I would sit in the hallway of my dorm by the elevators and just breathe deeply until the feeling passed. Or I would call my amazing boyfriend, again, current husband, and we'd talk about everything and eventually get so tired that I couldn't help but have to go back to bed and try to fall asleep. One weekend, I went back home and stayed at my house slash my parents' house. My boyfriend stayed over so he could take me to the bus station early in the morning. See how many reasons I had to marry this awesome guy? I couldn't sleep. I could barely breathe. I told my boyfriend I couldn't stop thinking about death and it was consuming me and I couldn't fall asleep. He told me I should tell my parents, even if it meant waking them up. So that's what I did. I pushed open my parents' bedroom door like a toddler who woke up from a bad dream. I told them I couldn't sleep and I wanted to talk to them. They both came out to the living room in their robes and PJs and I told them everything. How I've been having trouble sleeping and how I can't stop thinking about death and how I can barely focus in class. I have no clue how I maintained straight A's in all of my classes that year, but by some miracle, I did. And they listened and took it all in. My grandfather passed away when I was very young. So I looked at my dad and through tears said, like, 
I don't know how you do it every day. Your dad isn't here. Your dad. Like, how do you do that? He lowered his eyes for a minute and then he looked at me and said, in life, you lose people and you gain people. You might get married and have kids and you lose people you love and care about, but you take what you have and who you have and you reshuffle and you just go on. The weight of my anxiety lightened over the coming months and years, and I never forgot what my dad said. On October 3rd of 2011, my older brother was away for work. We both lived at home after I graduated from college in 2010. My mom, dad, and I were getting ready in the morning, joking around as we always did and soaking up the time with each other before heading off to work. I grabbed my keys, said goodbye, and started walking down the stairs. I was halfway down the steps when my dad stopped me with, Oh, did you see the episode of Law and Order where the two guys were in the bathroom stall and one of them was standing in the luggage to hide his feet so no one would realize that they were doing it in the stall? I cracked up and was like, uh, no. Then he said, all right, well, have a nice day. (laughs) He was so funny with the random shit he would say out of nowhere. I sarcastically said, have a nice day back and was off to work. I never saw my dad alive again after that. To make a long story short, he had a heart attack while he was at work and died at the hospital. He was only 50 years old. Gosh. My whole world crumbled around me. Everything that I was when I was with him died the moment that he did. I remember sobbing into my hands at the hospital and saying over and over again, I'm not ready for this. This was the exact thing that kept me up at night, breathing heavily into my hands and hoping that sleep would interrupt my panicking and make me forget my worries for just a few hours. This was my literal nightmare, a world without my person. My dad's funeral was about a week later. My brother and I gave a beautiful eulogy, which was one of the absolute hardest things I've ever done in my life and never expected to be doing at 23 years old. But I did it. And man, was I shocked and impressed with my strength. Which brings me to my takeaway regarding grief that I've learned over the years. I liken grief to weightlifting. 200 pounds is 200 pounds. But with regular workouts and practice, your body is more capable of lifting that 200 pounds. The weight never changes. It's you who changes, who gets stronger and more capable of bearing the weight of the overwhelming grief that was once impossible to lift off of the floor. I know this really doesn't fit with the sinister sighting theme at all, but I thought it was a story worth telling and hopefully worth listening to. Like a story about two guys secretly boning in a bathroom stall. Thanks for the poignant final words, Dad. Well, that's it, ladies. Creep it real and stop on the stairs if your parents want to say something to you. It may be the last thing you hear them say. With love, Danielle. Well, that story was very much like you, Donna. Yeah, I can't believe I didn't cry. It might have been because I took two uh, of my abuse bar before <laughs> went to dinner <laughs> why did you take two what was stressing you um because I just didn't feel good you yeah. know and so I was like we have to record and like I just need to feel better and yeah so I took two so I think that's why I didn't tear up because that normally I wouldn't be able to make it through when you said the person you were when you were with him died the moment he did I get that 100 percent, and that's where I would have lost it but Buse Bar, that show works. Not sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I mean. 
but you talking about grief to weightlifting, that's so true. Like that's a really good way of putting it because nothing about the grief changes. It really is you who adapt and you change. Man, grief is awful. It's it's it, like, I'm like you, like it makes my stomach hurt. Just the thought of having to go through that. Like legitimately, if you've never seen the very end of Roseanne and you want to watch it, skip forward because I'm about to give spoilers. But like in the end, because the last season they had made like Dan have an affair and they had won the lottery and like all this stuff. And it was just like, really a stupid season but the very last episode she's back in her writing room that he had like made for her the very first season and she's like basically everything from when he had had his heart attack on was made up because he really died that day yeah I remember you saying that and so Colby and I have been going back and watching Rosette we finished it now obviously and when we got to that part and Dan died, it just hits differently now that I have Colby, like, because I I have my Dan, you know, like, I have my soulmate, I have my person that I want to spend the rest of my life with, and it just hit, like, I bawled, you know, and it's like, I didn't even, I have seen that before, I have watched that episode multiple times before, but it just hit differently, and so, like, that's kind of how, like, how you were at the beginning of your message, talking about how it gives you anxiety and all of that like the thought of like losing these people in my life makes my stomach hurt so like I get what you were saying at the beginning of your email oh yeah and also it resonates with me that way too because I I would joke with my mom like I'm gonna find a vampire because you're never gonna die but like it was a joke between me Tiffany and Carrie that like I don't know how I'm gonna function when my mom dies like and it's like who's gonna take care of Donna when her mom dies yeah I like Tiffany and I would joke I was there when her sister died it's your turn Tiffany yeah like, that's, you know, that was it because she was my person. She was my soulmate. But then she did die. And I had to make that decision not to try to keep her alive and, you know, all of that. And I didn't crumble up and do, you know what I mean? And right. it was just like, wow, I, I'm i way stronger than I thought. And, you know. Yes. And, like, it was harder than I thought it would be, but I was stronger than I thought I would be. Also, Carrie said a few words at my mom's memorial service. She didn't want to, but uh, just because she's, you know, she's shy. I'm shy around people I know. Yeah, but it was like, Carrie, say something. (laughs) Uh, Well, let me, I'm shy with emotion. Yes, that's it. Yeah. It's not because I had to talk. It was because I don't want people to like see my emotion. Yeah. My brother was like, well, I didn't want to go up there and say anything. And then Carrie did and was like, okay, Carrie, you got it. (laughs) (laughs) But thank you for sharing that because that was a sweet and sad and just, I think that's something that everyone needs to know. For sure. Because grief is the loss of anything. You know, it doesn't have to be something as a person, like a loved one or... Well, part of like the grief of losing someone is the life that you thought you were going to have from here on out. So like that's part of the... So it could be a relationship. It could be a pet. It could be a... Yeah. It could be a job that you thought you were Mm going to get or that you have that you lost. You know, because it's... You're grieving what you thought your life was going to be like. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, the next one is 911 call. Hi, ladies. First off, you can use my name, but I really feel that I'm a Sophia at heart. She is my golden girl spirit, air quotes around animal. 
I've been listening for almost a year now and had started with whatever was the newest episode at the time. I just love listening to you, so I decided to go back to the beginning and listen to your oldies but goodies. You probably don't remember, but at the end of Sinister Sightings Episode 2, you asked for 911 stories. I know, I know, that was a long time ago, but I had to share my story from my very first time I had to call 911. Picture it, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 2019, I believe. I had stopped to get my oil changed, and as I pulled out of the parking lot, I was stopped behind a silver car at a red light. There's a man driving, and what I believe to be a woman in the back seat behind the passenger seat. All of a sudden, she lunges forward, repeatedly punching the man in the side of the head. She has so much force and momentum that the car is rocking back and forth. Me, being a true crime aficionado and not stupid, automatically thinks he's kidnapped her and she's fighting for her life. I call 911. The operator gets on the line. I have my best office bitch voice on and I calmly explain what I'm seeing and I give her all the relevant info. Very, very professional, y'all. Really, I was calm on the outside, but inside I was freaking the fuck out. I wanted to save this woman. I followed them, filling in the operator with details as we went. And then everything changed. We stopped at another light. I'm still right behind them and still on the phone with 911 when all of a sudden the woman has a bat and has her arm out the window hitting the top of the car and screaming something I couldn't understand. All calm and business like me took a flying fuck right out the window. A high-pitched, poor grammar way I say, Oh, hell no, she got a bat! (laughs) (laughs) I figure either old girl got this and will bash his head in with the bat, or those are two crazy motherfuckers I don't need to mess with. I'd given 911 the make and model and license plate and didn't feel guilty that I pieced out at that point. Part of me wishes I would have kept going until the police got to us, but knowing my nosy ass self, I would have gotten in their way, acting like I was an investigation and bossing them around. I'm an extra large pizza, not a pumpkin. I wouldn't look great in state issued orange. <laughs> Ladies, love listening to you, Kat, aka Sophia. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's hilarious. And yes, I always steal that line from the blind side when she says orange is not in my color wheel. Yes. Oh, though I do love orange. I mean, yes, but not in the jumpsuit way. Not in, well, that fabric is not in my my skin's. Uh, that thin ass cut is not in my back game. No, no. I don't know what back game is, but you know, I got a bad back. Well, and who are you? Scar? <laughs> <laughs> I jump from joy, but got a bad back. Well, I watch 60 Days In and sometimes I don't even get to have their little cut that is thinner than mm-hmm. whatever on like a, a bed they got on the floor yes i don't want that i am not made for jail i know that 100 percent. i am not made for jail no me neither Mm-mm. like even as a young warthog that is what i would think <laughs> about watching stuff Be like yeah my back would be hurting laying on that <laughs> and no bidet no thank you oh god now you are way too yeah she she no lazy <laughs> Well, I, oh, no, I don't want anything to do with that. Oh, my God. I was just thinking about your back. And, you know, most of them have the old school cafeteria style uh, tables with the little round. Oh, uh, I can't fit up in that. Well, even that, but there's no back to it. You know what I mean? I got, I'd have to be sitting backwards. I just hold my tray, <laughs> sit backwards and lean on something. My back's not that bad, y'all. 
I mean, I probably would do that, but she my back's really not that would. Bad. Look, she has to be leaning on something. If she doesn't, she's like, "Oh, my back." It's more of time. a vestibular issue than an actual back issue. She says, "Cripes, my back." Because okay, yeah, after that, yes, because any if she doesn't have something to lean on in thirty minutes of her just like using her fucking core muscles to keep her up, any little tinge of movement, she'll be like, "Cripes, my back." Yeah, you're not wrong. Mm-hmm. Been your friend way too long. Oh, good. Yeah, everything else about gel. I mean, I'm way too picky about food. True. And I'm not creative enough to create something off my commissary. No. And honestly, people are loud. I'm not about that life. No. Like, shh. No, you would have a migraine 100% of the time. Yeah, I don't. mm -mm. And I love people, but I need my own private cell so I can get away. Yeah, that costs extra. Look, I have no people that could put money on my commissary. I would. You'd probably be in there with me. Touche. (laughs) We get Colby. Colby would. (laughs) Colby would legitimately, like, keep a job, like, the rest of his life so that he could put money on our commissary. He's that kind of soul. Oh, yours. Not really mine. Yeah, but if I said, hey, can you take care of Donna too? He'd be like, okay. Yeah. Especially if we committed the crime together. If you were helping me. Now, if I helped you and you got me in trouble, he wouldn't. But if mm-hmm. if you were helping me, he would. Oh, my God. Okay, well, that took, oh, like, whoop. that was a terrible uh, sound effect. But I meant, like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> not, you're not wrong. Uh, but I meant to be like, whoop. That was a little bit better. I need closure more than you do, apparently. Right. Because I couldn't have just noped the fuck out then. I'd been like, I'll hang back a little bit, but I need to follow these people. Mm -hmm. I need to see what's up because it has escalated and now I am more invested. Yeah, I would not have just peaced out. I'm not saying you did the right thing. Oh, yeah. Don't be getting up in illegal shit. But yeah, you did the right thing, ma'am. I would do the wrong thing. And I'd be like, Carrie, help me. I'm sober. I don't know. I ping my location. I'm like, I don't fucking know how to do that. And just kidding. I share my location with her 24-7. Do you? Yeah. Oh. Oh, my God. Well, I would have checked if you were in trouble. <sighs> I can guarantee you one thing. She doesn't share hers with me 24-7. Mm-hmm. Me? I understand the importance. Her? She just talks about true crime, y'all. Oh, mine's shared with Colby all the time. Uh, who kills people the most? Best friends. Uh-uh. Nope. I share mine with Kobe all the time. Yeah, and you're with him most of the time. Duh. You share it with me on WhatsApp? No. I'm about to go look. I messages. I'm about to look right now because I don't think you do. Yes, I do. Sharing it with you right now. Done. The next one is titled My Angel Experience. Hey, y'all. First off, I just want to say I love y'all's podcast. You remind me so much of me and my best friend. And the fact that y'all are from Mississippi make it even better because we are too. Mississippi Delta girls through and through over here. I have actually two experiences with who I would love to believe is my guardian angel. So I'm so sorry if this is long. First off, when I was born, I was the very first granddaughter after six grandsons. So to say I was a treasure in my grandparents' eyes isn't an exaggeration. Not to toot my own horn, but kind of to toot my own horn. Spolt. (laughs) (laughs) 
My parents both worked long hours, so I spent a ton of time with my dad's parents since they lived right across the street from him. They are who I stayed with instead of a daycare. The love my grandmother showed her children and grandchildren is a -a once-in-a-lifetime type of love, and anyone that knew her will second that claim. She was an angel on earth. She took me anywhere and everywhere, constantly getting my picture taken and buying me this and that. When you ask me who my best friend was, I would tell you my nana. She had been sick on and off for so long, whether it be the brain tumor she had when I was born or the melanoma that just wouldn't give her a break. I was five when the melanoma came back. It got bad really fast. Like I said, I was five, so when my grandmother's niece and her children came to stay with us, I didn't quite catch the eerie foreshadowing of the situation. I remember it clearly. I was in my room jumping on the blow-up mattress with my cousins, watching Care Bears on my TV when I saw this strange light coming out of my parents' room across the hall. I usually am somewhat of a scaredy cat when it comes to the unknown, but I just felt so comfortable about the situation, so I walked in there. I saw my grandmother, free of all the wires and tubes I had witnessed her in the past few times I had seen her, sitting on the bed. She had the golden hue to her that I can't describe any other way than beautiful. She asked me to sit down and told me that she just wanted to let me know that everything was okay and she wanted to tell me goodbye. I didn't understand why she came to my house just to tell me goodbye, but before I could question it, my parents were calling my name. They sat me down under our carport, and I just remember my mom saying, Baby, Nana went to heaven today. They explained to me that she had passed away, then they let me go back inside. I ran straight to my dad's room to see if she was there, but of course she wasn't. The confusion I felt in that moment was phenomenal, and I'll never forget the emotions from that night. At her funeral, I was sitting by my dad as they were wrapping up her service when a butterfly landed on my face and just sat there for what felt like hours. She loved butterflies, so I know it was her telling me goodbye again. Later that year, I started 5K. I struggled a little because coping with death was something very new to me. And towards the end of the year, I had a dream about my grandmother. She sat me in her lap in her rocking chair and sang the Mockingbird song to me. You know, the one that goes, hush little baby, don't say a word, mama's gonna buy you a mockingbird. And after she stopped singing, she looked at me and told me that I was going to go to first grade. That I was so smart and I was a big girl, big enough to go into the big girl building now. When I woke up, I told my mom that I had a dream about my Nana. I told her Nana said that I'm going to the big girl building and she was shocked. They had never mentioned to me that the school was talking about holding me back, and she had only talked to my dad about it once or twice when I was at school. They were trying to figure out what to do and what would be best for me academically. That day, my mom knew that I was supposed to be in first grade. My angel told me so. And thank God for her because I would not have met my best friend, aka my saving grace, if I had been held back that year. I have prayed and prayed that I get another experience like this in my life. The love I have for my Nana is never-ending, and I miss her daily. I was only five when she passed, but I still remember every little detail about her so vividly. I know angels are real because I've experienced one, and nothing in this entire world can change how I feel about that. Sorry this was so long. I tried to make everything as short as possible. I would fangirl and die if y'all read this on your podcast because both of these stories mean the world to me. There is no love like a grandmother's love, and boy was I blessed in the grandmother department. 
I would like to remain anonymous if that's okay. On a final note, y'all's podcast helped my days go by with so much giggling and positivity. I can tell y'all are my kind of people just by listening to y'all. Keep doing what you're doing because you're absolutely amazing at it. Can't wait to catch up on your podcast this week. Sincerely. And then they say, if you want to make up a cool name, they give us full reign for making up a bitching pseudonym. All right. Well, we always go with Golden Girls names and we've already had a Sophia. So Blanche. Well, that's so funny. I was going to say Dorothy. Well, what's funny is uh, we picked each other's person. Yeah. And they talked about their best friend and all of that. Oh, gag. (laughs) That's a motherfucker. (laughs) You better be glad I took my my view spar, my two of them. (laughs) Well, I win and you're Dorothy. I definitely love that and like that she came to see you. Yeah, I totally believe both times she came for those reasons. Like... And that's why you haven't had that experience again, because there wasn't that need for it. Yeah, they clearly had a very specific purpose. Also, can't believe you're a Mississippi girl. Oh, yeah, she said Mississippi Delta. Okay, the next one. Home invasion. Or so I thought. I have a very interesting story for you guys. It's semi-long, so I will just go ahead and jump right into it. About a month ago, I was dog-slash-house-sitting for my aunt's friend while she and her family went on vacation. I was there a total of four nights. The first three nights, nothing happened. But on the last night, something happened that made me weary of ever house-sitting again. I was in the guest room asleep with two of the dogs laying next to me. The puppy was in the living room. I was about to start my new job in the morning and had to be up at 4.30 a.m. I woke up at 2 in the morning to take a sip of my water. Then I heard an odd noise coming from upstairs. I thought it was just the puppy or the house settling, so I attempted to go back to sleep. But all of a sudden, I hear what sounds like heavy boots running down the stairs. Now, I watch a lot of Forensic Files and Criminal Minds, both of which I thought would prepare me for a moment like this. But boy, was I wrong. I literally sat up in bed and could not even move. I didn't even want to breathe for fear of the intruder hearing me hyperventilating. I felt tears start rolling down my cheeks as I realized that I did not know how to defend myself should someone attempt to come in my room and attack me. The fear that I felt in this moment was truly indescribable. I thought I was going to get murdered. I got up and locked the door, all the while trying to get the two dogs in the room with me to stop whining. I picked up the phone and dialed 911. I was in full-blown panic mode, but still asked the 911 operator if I should put on a bra. I'm a large pizza and didn't want my titties flopping everywhere. (laughs) I mean, that's an important question. But they told me no as I didn't want to make any more sound than I had to. Within five minutes, three cops arrived and I saw blue lights out my window and gathered up the courage to sprint out of the bedroom into the garage, which was right across the hall. Of course, two of the cops were extremely hot, and I'm over here looking like a hot mess. The cops searched the house and found absolutely nothing. I was relieved, but I got out of there ASAP and met my former co-worker at Waffle House around 3.45 a.m. Anyway, I do not know if it was a ghost or maybe my mind playing tricks on me because I was in an unfamiliar setting, but I will not be house-sitting for a long time. Creep it real and don't get scared, Amanda E. Mm-mm. No, that's like, um, I don't even know if I would have called 911 because I'd have been so frozen and like, it's not something. Is it something? Is it not something? Is it something? Should I call? Should I not call? Should I call? Should I call? Should I not call? And then I'd be like, I don't want to bother them. But it's like literally what they're there for. I know. And we say that all the time. You're not bothering them. Just fucking call. Yeah. Same. Well, I'm glad you're safe. 
Yes. And of course they were hot. I mean, that that's okay, though, because at least you got some eye candy out of it, okay? Maybe. They and they liked, did, too. Yeah, maybe they liked your titty slapping in the wind. Mm-hmm. I hate the word titties. <laughs> Why? I don't know. It just, like, weirds me out. Also, though, remember we had that long debate that she hated the word panties? This girl used the word panties at least ten times in mm, under five minutes. I was like, I thought you hated that word. She said, what do I say? I was like, what the? We literally had this conversation. <gasps> Have a best friend, they said. Especially one with a shit memory. Mm-hmm. That will argue forever about stuff. <laughs> oh, my God. But back to you, Amanda. Really glad you're safe. And I, you did the right thing. Calling, being extra careful. Because if you're like us, like, I would have been like, oh, just go to sleep. Just go to sleep. Uh, No, that's not what you're supposed to do. Well, and it's weird that, like, the first couple of nights, nothing, no sounds, no nothing, and then, boom, all of a sudden. Right. It, yeah, exactly. It wasn't like the first night. Mm-mm. No, I don't like being in other people's house. I was, You know what is so funny? Because I was thinking, would you would you sleep in the spare bedroom or would you sleep in the master bedroom? You like the master bedroom. Yeah, but if you're at somebody else's house, is that weird because you're sleeping in their bed? You, I'm saying. What do you mean? When you stay at your sister's house. Yeah, no, but I'm saying like... Yeah, she was staying like at her sister's house. No, she wasn't. She was staying at her aunt's friend's house. Oh, sorry. And In the guest room. Oh. So that's what I'm saying. Like, would you stay in the guest room? Yeah, I would stay in the guest room. It depends on whose house it is, I think. Like, if it was like a stranger, air quotes around stranger, I would probably stay in the guest room. But my sister's... I'm staying... Also... When I house sat for that sister, she has two sons that their beds aren't as fucking comfortable. I would have gone from like a king size comfortable bed to a fucking full size not so comfortable bed. Uh, give me the king. The one good thing about staying at different people's houses though, the snacks. Yeah. If they load up their pantry and stuff, oh, because Tiffany's dad and stepmom, they had all the snacks available, like Q Templeton, Smorgasbord, Smorgasbord, mm, everything. Okay, last one. This is titled, The Dream of My Dead Cousin. Hello, my favorite creepsters. First of all, sorry if my English is a bit messed up. I'm from Germany. After listening to about 80 episodes in one or two months, I've decided to share my own story that happened just a year ago. So first, a little background information. My cousin died in 2016 to a brain tumor. She was only 13 years old. Oh, God, that's... The second uh, story with the brain tumor today. Mm -hmm. At that time, I was 16 years old and with my French class in Paris. I was talking to my friends about her tumor and said I was sure that it would get better. It was that night when she died. My mom told me this after arriving back in Germany. I was always her idol and she always wanted to be like me. Her death hit me really hard. So I decided to honor her with a sleeve tattoo about her. A few years passed and now it's 2020. I already have half a sleeve done. The rest should be a portrait of her mixed with something else to fill in the blank space. But I didn't have any idea what to fill it with. Then one night at my first own vacation, I had a dream with her in it. She wanted to see my tattoos and I told her that the portrait isn't done yet. She told me to do something with wolves. That's all I remember about the dream. It's crazy since in the five years of her passing, I've only had that one dream about her. And her voice sounded just like I remembered. People with past relatives should know how hard it is to remember a voice of a loved one, though. So, yeah, 
guess I'll do something with wolves then. Thank you for your efforts and your really enjoyable podcast. Creep it real, ladies. Robin. Yes, you can use my name. It is so hard to remember people's voices. Yeah, 100%. And when you hear it, especially unexpectedly, it's hard. It's like jarring. Mm-hmm. Well, this episode had a lot on grief and like death and dying in that way. And so, healing. Yeah, so hopefully this was exactly what somebody needed. You know, me and Tiffany were talking about that we have talked about my mama and Lori so much lately. So I don't know, maybe I'm the one who needed to hear this. Well, and even um, lately at work, we've been talking a lot about one of my coworkers whose brother died from a brain tumor. And like, we've been talking about him a lot lately. And then, you know, this with the tooth stories, I don't know, it's just Mm -hmm. weird. But Hopefully, like I said, if this is something that you needed to hear, you're getting all the healing from this. Definitely. And thank y'all for sharing because these are personal stories. And like we said, hopefully it resonates with someone that it needs to and gives them comfort. For sure. Thank y'all so much for sending in your stories. If you want them read on the podcast, send them in to us, aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. And remember, creep it real and and don't don't get scared. scared.